This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. I have two brothers and a sister, so everything was a big batch. I used to have study group at my house all the time because I knew a lot of my friends in high school were not living with their parents. They didn't have home-cooked meals. And so I would be like, Mom, we're having study group. I'm having like five friends over. And so then she would make sure everyone ate. They had doggy bags to take home. I really realized then like how lucky I was. We didn't go on a lot of vacations. We didn't have luxury things, but we always had a mother who was present to take care of us and always make sure we were eating good food. That's Kelly Arujo. She's an internationally renowned hairstylist that's passionate about mentoring young artists and empowering women to feel and be their best. For everyone out there that does not know who Kelly is, let us know. Tell us a bit about yourself. What's going on? Who's Kelly Arujo? My name is Kelly Arujo. I'm a hairdresser in Toronto. I work at the Alibi Cutting Room on College Street in Little Italy. Um, yeah, and yeah, just a just a regular gal cutting some hair every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, not so regular, but we're going to get into that. <laughs> but I do want to start with because we when we tell this story, I think it's really funny as to how you and I met. Yes. Well, I mean. We met in the same way that I have actually met so many people through Instagram, which I think some people think is a little crazy because, uh, I mean, we're a bunch of strangers a lot of the time, but I think you can really connect with people on social media sometimes. Like some people just stand out and you can just see their bright, shining personalities. And then that, that is just very compelling, which I would say is true for you. Mm-hmm. And I already loved um, following you and watching everything you were doing because you're awesome. Oh my and... God, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> but there was one day you asked me to come in on on my day off because you had your promo photos to take. And I was like, okay, cool. I have the keys to the salon. No problem. And then as it got closer, I was like, Kelly, you're meeting up with a stranger with no one around and you've never met this person what if they're not who they say they are and then I was like well I guess we're just gonna go into this and see how it goes thanks I'm laughing because I'm laughing because we did we took it that step further not only did we meet but we met with no one else around I know and it's funny because the minute I came through the door both of us were already hugging it out (laughs) I was like oh my god okay great she is. She looks like her photo. She's a real person. <laughs> I think I'm in the clear here. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was awesome, and it was just like, yeah, it felt like we had known each other forever, and it didn't require any. That didn't require anything. It just required two people with an open mind and an open heart, and here we are. I wanted to talk a little bit about you and your career, and what inspired you to become a hairstylist. Um, I actually never wanted to become a hairstylist. That was not part oh, of that's funny. <laughs> it was not part of my plan. And as we talked about before, I have never had like a real like mapped out plan for myself. I was that girl, like if we were going out, I was doing everyone's hair and I was just naturally good at it. But yeah, I had a friend who was friends with a hairdresser and she was like, You should get a job there because I was out of work suddenly. Um, and I was in school, I was studying marketing. So I didn't, I was like, I just need a part-time job. 
and she was insistent that I should work at a hair salon. I was like, you're crazy. I'm not working at a hair salon. It is not happening. And she gave him my phone number and I dodged his calls for (laughs) months. I just didn't answer the phone. And then one day he called me from a different number and of course caught me on the phone. And I was like, oh shoot, this is, this is bad. (laughs) But then I was too embarrassed to be like, um, I don't want the job. So I was like, okay. It's like, wow, you're really hard to get a hold of. And I was like, (laughs) this is so busy, you know? So once I got past the four month mark, I would say like I I realized that I actually did have some skill. So that's kind of where I was finding my joy in it. I had a mentor whose name is Anthony Ingraldi, who I would now work with. He is one of the brothers who owns the salon that I work at. Matthew and Anthony um, are the owners of Alibi Cutting Room. And Anthony taught me how to cut hair. He taught me. No way. Yeah. He taught me when I was like really not... I was like, I can't do this. I think I cried to him like three times a week, every, every week. (laughs) And he was just, he was kind of the perfect balance between like, not a soul crusher, but also like not too easy. Mm -hmm. So it was like kind of the perfect balance of things that I needed. And he did, he actually just never let me quit. I spent 10, almost 11 years at what hair on the Avenue used to be hair on the Avenue and then turned into Medulla and Co. So I went, I left the York location went down to Queen Street and then I left in July of last year and went to work with Matt and Anthony. So yeah, it's like kind of come full, full circle. circle. And I think it was also like I I discovered that it wasn't so vain. Like I could make like my whole purpose was to make people feel good and that was something I could feel good about. It's like you said earlier, it isn't just a haircut. It's never just a haircut. Like we talk hairdressers speak to people when they're at their worst. They speak to people when they're at their best. It's just like, you really feel like you're on a wild ride with your clients. And there are times where you go home and you're like, so sad because of something that's going on with someone else's life. Or you're just like, so happy for them because they got engaged or they got that promotion they wanted. Or, you know, like you're really, we're really invested. I mean, I, I sure am. And fast forward now, you're working with them at Alibi and you're a celebrity stylist. I never call myself that because I, I know so you strange. don't, but I'm going to say it because you are. <laughs> Has your life changed once you became a celebrity stylist? Did anything out of the normal happen? Um, I would say that yes and no. I feel like it's funny because like I have way more regular people clients than I do celebrity clients. So I always find it funny when people are like, you're a celebrity stylist. But um, I have been very lucky to be able to travel. I've traveled all over the world doing very cool things, which I'm very grateful for. Um, One of the best pieces of advice anyone ever gave me was I was on a press tour with Nelly Furtado one year Mm -hmm. and it was like my first press tour and I was terrified. I was just like, how is it possible that we're doing Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, all these shows that I've grown up watching and I can't believe that I'm in these studios doing these things. And I, I was so afraid of failing that I literally would not break focus. Like I was just like on the whole time, like every day. And then finally we were at Jimmy Fallon and Nellie's manager at the time, Chris Smith pulled me aside and I was like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. What have I done now? (laughs) He pulls me aside. I'm like, oh my God, what? He's like, have you taken a moment to understand where you are right now? And I was like, yeah, we're at Jimmy Fallon. He's like, no, 
really actually think about where you are and how many people would kill to have the job you have right now. And I was like, yeah, it's really cool. He's like, you haven't taken a single moment to appreciate where you are and actually enjoy it. Live in the moment. He's like, you're at Jimmy Fallon. Like, you yeah, should be yeah. excited. You should be taking pictures. And I was like, I just, I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you're doing a great job. Just like chill out a little bit. Like enjoy, like be in the moment. So you, yeah. you can make memories. You're not just working. Like you have to make memories too. Oh man, I was like, I've been messing this up the whole time. But, and I was like, you know what? That is a great piece of advice. Okay, do you want to play a couple of games with me? Yes. Okay, I've got the first one. It's called This or That. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh man. Uh, I feel like I would want every language in the world. Although I love animals, but... I would love to speak to every human on the planet. Texting or talking? Depends who. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I would say I'm more of a texter. I rarely pick up the phone. Cake or pie? Pie. What's your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Potatoes, 100%. Tea or coffee? Mm, coffee. Round brush or paddle brush? Round brush all the way. <laughs> Wine or whiskey? Wine. Whiskey makes, oh, no, no whiskey. <laughs> Whiskey's a bad decision. Bad choices for Kelly include whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Banana bread or carrot cake? Oh, man, I love both of those. Uh, I know, this is a tough one. That is a really tough one. But I can make, I can actually make Chrissy Teigen's banana bread, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I can bake. We are in such an unusual time right now. We're currently in a global pandemic. Um, we're all self-isolating, quarantine, and like especially if you're returning from travel. And I know you recently have experienced this firsthand. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about that? Like your experience in 14 days of quarantine. Yes, it has been a really interesting experience. I wouldn't say it has been a bad experience because I didn't... I didn't really find it bad, but I will say there has been a, it was very strange just even traveling home, being, getting on a plane where everyone was terrified and there was just, you just didn't know what to expect. And even when we landed in Toronto, so I was in the Azores, which is a small island off the coast of Portugal. It's an, it's a group of islands. I know you've been there. I was at, on San Miguel with my family and it was amazing, but also they were going through all the same things that we were experiencing on this side of the world. Same precautions, but it's so small there and it felt so much more eerie because you were surrounded by beauty, all this like beautiful nature, but then there was not a soul to be found and the people there were already really struggling and it only had been a few days. So I, I left feeling kind of sad for like my family, but also the people there and like how that was going to affect them. And then, so you're leaving with all that kind of anxiety and like uncertainty and then getting on a plane with a bunch of scared people and the flight attendants with their masks on and their gloves. It just felt so unusual and so not normal for what we were used to. And then after that, like we got home, I stayed home. I did not leave. Um, but I really did feel I had to stop looking at social media for a lot of the first I know, you got week. me worried. 
<laughs> I know you were like, are you okay? <laughs> but um, it just was, it was a lot. It was so anticlimactic. It was like, I was on vacation and it was beautiful, with all these beautiful things to look at. And then I'm like in my basement apartment, which is really cute. And I love that space. But the internet seemed so much and just like the types of posts. And yes, there were people writing really beautiful things on the internet. And then there were all those people being so angry and I just couldn't absorb that kind of energy. Plus I felt like my page is about hair and making people feel good. And I didn't know exactly what my place was at that time. And I didn't want to come across as tone deaf by just like, continuing to post hair photos and pretending that nothing was happening in the world when it it was there's a lot happening in the world and it is affecting all of us like I'm currently temporarily unemployed and I don't know when I'll be back at work but for me I'm like okay I'm just gonna like make the most of it I I have everything I need but I can't stop thinking about those people that don't and so it's that's been the struggle for me is trying to like figure out what I can be doing at this time that isn't hair related that can still make people feel good, but also being sensitive. And I want to be aware of my privilege all the time. And I want to be able to help those that, that I can, but it's, it's just a tricky time. And you understand it more because you are self-employed. You're an entrepreneur. So you, you, you get that because you're going through it yourself. We all are. Anyone who works for themselves, small business owners, this is why it's so important and people don't understand why it's so important to shop local. I know. Support where you can because even the difference of if we all take one day a week right now, one day out of the week and just order that pizza, order that takeout, that can make a difference in someone else's life. Absolutely. And it's something that I think we should all be in the habit of doing when we're not in a pandemic also, you know, like get in the habit Absolutely. of supporting those businesses. Like, and that way, at times like this, like it's just part of your routine and, and you won't feel like it's something like you're doing so much a service as you're just kind of living your regular life. But all like I know I have so many clients that are small business owners, friends, colleagues that I've worked with, like everyone is very greatly affected by this whole thing. And yeah, it's a uh, small business makes up for almost 40 percent of the GDP in Canada. So it's not a it's not a small deal. Can we talk about quarantine and our hair? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, because again, like we're saying, coming out of this, we are going to be different people. And we're going to look different than when we went into this because roots are coming in. Dry hair is a a real thing. Yes. (laughs) I can honestly, I can relate to all of this. My hair also is dry and also changing colors at a rapid pace, not by choice. There is a lot going on online and I've been coming across a lot of things when it comes to hair and what people are doing at home. So I want a professional opinion on this. People are starting to cut their own hair. I know. At home and the box colors. Yeah. If you're a brunette that is super gray underneath, you can do a root touch up. Those are probably the easiest ones that like if I would to if I were to pick a candidate for at home box color. I would say a brunette, but even then, like it's, it's not as simple as just throwing on a box color, but like, if that's what you need to do to get through the next little while, cause it is very important for your self-esteem. If you have to stay at home and stare at yourself, a lot of women, it it's does hard affect them. if you're, yeah. And if you're not happy with what you're seeing in the mirror, then I totally support people doing what they need to do 
in order to feel good. And you know what? We're always our hairdressers. We're always going to be there to like Mm -hmm. help you through it in the end. So (laughs) I hope people are just being a little bit um, careful with their at-home haircuts. Like I expect people to trim their bangs and do stuff like that. I think like any more like full blown haircuts might be a little scarier, but you know, it's just, it's stuff that can, it can all be fixed. But I would, I would caution against trying to get too adventurous with the at home haircuts because I have done this before where I was so frustrated with it, with like my hair at the time and that I just like cut off a whole chunk off the bottom and it was horrible. <laughs> and I felt a million times worse. I don't know if you've seen that video of the, that little girl cutting her bangs and she just yes. like snips them off and then has a full blown freak out. That is me. <laughs> she had like, a oh meltdown. God, I can't believe this is my life right now. Why did I do this? But <laughs> so it can have the opposite effect. I think do what you need to do to make you feel like you're doing something for yourself. Like the masks and treatments are a good way to do that. And you know what? A lot of people have so many masks in their cabinet pull something out that's been in there a while. Like try to use up the things you have, explore Mm -hmm. what you own already and like revisit things because your hair gets used to stuff too. So it's nice to switch it up. Exactly. And I kind of feel if you can stick it out, just wait till we get back into the salon to color the hair. Yeah, I would say like colors and cut. (laughs) Plus you're like, you're going to want to support your people at the end of this too. I would hope if you can. I'm so glad you said that. Yes. Absolutely. I know a lot of people have been like, how can I support you? Can I buy a gift card? And I've been really struggling with that whole concept because for me, I'm just like, how could I ask someone to buy a gift card for an imaginary service that hasn't happened yet when we're all in the same boat? Like we're all not working. I don't want to ask people to spend their money at this time. The biggest way you can support your hairdresser or stylist is by booking future appointments. That is... The one thing that I'll say is the most unnerving for me is is seeing the booking app and not seeing people actively booking. That's what actually gives me the most amount of anxiety where I'm like, oh my God, is anyone ever going to come back? <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm trusting that, you know, we're all going to need hairdressers at some point. People will come when they're ready. And I mean, I guess if they cut their own hair at home, it's horrible. They might come sooner. But <laughs> I'm Mary Mamaliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Kelly Arujo. She's a celebrity hairdresser and one of the kindest humans I am fortunate enough to know. While you were in isolation, now you're a fellow foodie. I know that because yes. have you been doing any cooking? I have. So I, I didn't order anything in, I would say, until like the end of the 14 days. Mostly because like I really missed pizza and I didn't have the right things to make them at home. (laughs) So I, and I wanted to support like a local restaurant. So um, anyway, I have been cooking, but what I learned about myself is that I have no idea how to cook for one person. So I was still cooking for like, you know, my whole family or like, you know, when you have people over. So, you know, I made like a white bean turkey chili, which was so good. But literally lasted me the entire first week. And I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot eat another bowl of chili. And I really have struggled with having to like, like portion down. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I wish I had some advice with that because I don't know how to do it myself. My boyfriend always says that to me. He's like, you just, you don't know how to cook for two people. 
He's like, you're like a batch cooker forever. I'm like, it's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I know. I agree. So I think I made three meals in like the entire 14 days. And those meals just like carried me through the whole time. (laughs) So I didn't spend that much time cooking actually because I was obviously cooking too much. But nothing went to waste. So I was determined to not like waste any food. And I like, I just hunkered down in. You haven't been making bread like everyone? No, I am a terrible baker. I cannot bake anything to save my life at all. Okay, I have a challenge for you. I'm going to send you this no-need <laughs> bread recipe. We're going to make it together. Okay. It's I will like the do easiest it for you, one. Mary. Can't beat that smell of freshly baked bread in the house. Yeah, and like nothing is better than fresh bread. My aunt still makes fresh bread in Portugal and she does it in like the... Um, wood burning oven and that was one of my favorite things about being there is like eating her bread because it's just not no one can make it exactly the same she makes it like my grandmother did and and i it it reminds me of my grandmother and just to kind of give people an idea of when you talk about the azores if you've never been there um it's the streets are always filled oh There are always people everywhere. There are more feasts and festivals than you could possibly imagine. So there's people always congregating and celebrating and doing something. Food and drink is always at the heart of everything. So when I saw your pictures and you were showing me like the empty roads, I thought, wow, it's just it's it's so different to see it in that way. Yeah, it was really bizarre really bizarre my friends were with me and they they were like it's kind of nice it's like we have the whole island to ourselves I'm like it's because they have never experienced it either so they were experiencing it at such a strange time yeah I was like yes it it does feel that way and that's nice but it also like part of the charm of it is the people and how warm and friendly everyone is and it's just yeah it's not the same one (laughs) it's empty and you could really feel that people were afraid like I walked into a fruit market and I could see the woman was just terrified and I was like okay also because she knows that we're tourists right all of the locals were not (laughs) they were at home and they definitely know who tourists are yeah and I just I felt so I felt so bad because they were she was a fruit market so they were just like here essential places that had to stay open and it was just, it was so strange. And I felt so badly. I, I bought some, I don't know, I don't know what it's called in English. Bouge lived, those little flatbreads that they're like pancakes. Yes. Yes. That's a great way to explain it. Yeah. They're like fat pancakes. <laughs> they're bread and I think they fry them. Yeah. They pan fry them on like one of those um, cast iron skillets. Yeah. So we went to this town where there's geysers everywhere, you know, where it is the fruit niche. And there's only one vendor. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over there and buy some more of that bread. And it was the day before we left. And it, it was really the only thing opened still. And, and the, by the next day, everything was shut down. And I went to buy them. And she just was like in tears. She was like, you're the first person I've seen today. And I looked at my watch and it was almost four o'clock. And I was like, oh, man. I'm like, this is so bad here. Like whatever they make is what they take home. And she literally made nothing. So then I bought pretty much almost everything that was on the on the, the top of the trolley thing. I was like, okay, well, I can just bring these home. You know, you can bring those little kejadas home. Mm-hmm. So I brought those. I was like, these will just be souvenirs. I bought malasadas, which are Portuguese donuts. So now I'm going to go into uh, rapid fire. 
nickname your parents used to call you? Mm, Portuguese people don't give nicknames. <laughs> I don't know. There is no nickname. You no just n- got the full name if you were in trouble. Yeah, my sister That's would call me. the full me, name plus the last name. My sister called me Kiwi for some reason. I don't know why. Kiwi? Yeah. Love that. <laughs> last song you downloaded? Um, Jesse Reyes's whole album. <laughs> New one. Very good. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Sometimes. <laughs> Favorite day of the week? Uh, Saturday. Fill in the blank. Pineapple on pizza is? The best. Oh, I thought I knew you. You thought I was going to say I hated it? Oh my gosh. I love pineapple pizza. Hawaiian pizza, yes, all the time. Okay, you've just shook my world right now. I didn't think you liked pineapple on pizza. <laughs> That's funny. But it's okay, we could still be friends. Okay, great. Favorite junk food? Chips. I'm a chip mania. Favorite childhood TV show? Carmen San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take you to get ready? Honestly, not that long. I would say like 20 minutes, an hour if I'm like doing more intensive things. Name one of the seven dwarfs. Dopey. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner tonight? Um, codfish, because it's Friday and it's Lent. Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Hot rollers. <laughs> <laughs> Hot rollers, big fluffy hair. I love it. Yes, big fluffy hair all the way. That should never go into style. How did you get started cooking in the kitchen? Uh, my mom. My mom is the best cook I know. Nobody cooks better than my mother. And people are like, does she make a lot of Portuguese food? And like, she doesn't only make Portuguese food. She has really developed her own recipes over the years. Like, she makes an amazing lasagna. That is, like, everyone's favorite thing. When we have big gatherings, the lasagna is a huge request. Like, my cousins will write it. and be like, is your mom making that lasagna? I'm like, yes, she is, because she knows. <laughs> it's also kid-friendly, so, like... You really get a lot of people on that one. But my mom has always been an amazing cook. She just, she can really whip things together quickly and very tasty. So she taught me, she taught me how to cook. And what's the first thing you can remember cooking? Probably like ground beef, like chili. Oh, really? Yeah, we ate a lot of chili growing up. It's just like a quick, like big batch because there's a lot of us. There's four, like I have two brothers and a sister. So there's four kids to feed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so everything was a big batch, which hence my problem couldn't keep cooking small things is that that just never existed in my world. <laughs> <laughs> because we were no, always I- cooking for more people. Plus you're like, if someone comes over, then there has to be extras also like for leftovers or lunches. It so, was always if that someone comes over. Yeah. And I tell you, if you knocked on the door, there would be food for you. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, used absolutely. to have a study group at my house all the time because I knew that a lot of my friends in high school didn't have, like, were not living with their parents. They didn't have home cooked meals. And so I would be like, mom, we're having a study group. I'm having like five friends over. And she'd be like, okay, I'll make a lasagna. <laughs> and so then she would make sure everyone ate and like they had doggy bags to take home and they were, they would get so happy. They'd be like, your mom's the best. Like this is such good food. And I, I really realized then like how, lucky I was and that I had that home life that I had food on the table all the time that I had a mother who was present to always take care of us and always make sure we were eating good food and like we didn't go on a lot of vacations we didn't buy like we didn't have luxury things we didn't have a luxurious upbringing but we always had food on the table and we always had more than enough food and a place to to sleep you know 
How would you describe your cooking style? It's like Pinterest home cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I don't know what to call it. I love it. I know sometimes people make fun of me because I get so many recipes on Pinterest, but I'm just like, these are all home cooks. They're home cooks. And I can relate to that because I'm not going to make, I'm not going to use a fancy technique on Mm -hmm. anything. Like I love anything that can be made in one pot. Like, so any kind of a bowl, um, a stew. I just started making soups. It really wasn't my thing for a long time, but now I've discovered this like love of making soups. So that's been fun. Uh, anything that requires a pastry is like a no-go for me. <laughs> I was going to say, what scares you to, what scares you in the kitchen? <laughs> Pastries. Baking. Pastries. There we go. Uh, my friend Tiffany taught me how to make dumplings recently. And uh, her and her boyfriend are very good at making their own pasta. They're just like really good dough people. <laughs> okay. And I'm always just like, how do you make all these things? So they've tried to teach me how to make um, pasta and dumplings. I have made the dumplings on my own and they didn't turn out terribly. Mm-hmm. But again, the dough is always the problem for me. So I don't really know what that is about, but I, I'm going to I'm gonna get better at it. That's my mandate. <laughs> I love to ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one? Again, I'm terrible baker. I'm a terrible baker. And there was a time where I was babysitting my cousin who was young. She was young at the time. My cousin, she's like my little sister. I love her. But, um, so I was like, let's make brownies. And we had a brownie mix and we mixed it up, put it in the pot, put it in the oven and it came out and it was just like sludge, sludgy, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. It was not edible. And she was like, Prima and like Prima means cousin. In yeah. Yeah. It's like Prima, what's wrong with the brownie? <laughs> It was um, actually <laughs> cream whip, like it was like the topping for brownies, not the filling, not the brownie filling. So we, it was a disaster. So I was so like, "You wow. baked icing?" Not yeah, basically. And not only I was like, "Wow, not only am I a terrible baker, apparently I can't read either." Like, what? <laughs> it was so bad. I was just like so embarrassed. My little cousin, I think she was like nine at the time she was like "Mm, what is going on I was like well so much for brownies oh my god so that would be like probably my worst uh kitchen moment oh my gosh thank you if listeners want to reach out for more information um want to get in touch with you find you where can they find you on instagram at hello.kells or my website www.hellokells.com beautiful kelly thank you so much honestly my face hurts how much i've been smiling (laughs) this has been so much fun thanks for coming on the show thank you so much it was so much fun i can't think of anything else i'd want to do in isolation than talk to you (laughs) it's that time we've reached the end of another show be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.